This is Make Marriage Work, a podcast for happy couples who are ready to learn how to argue better and connect more. We're Strons and Mallory Wolfgram. Mallory is a couples therapist, but this podcast isn't therapy. It's chatting with real couples like you about how to make marriage work. At the end of each episode, we give you clear takeaways that you can try out in your own relationship. All right, let's get going. Hello. Welcome to Make Marriage Work. We are back. We're here. It's been a minute. It's been more than a minute. Yeah, we're kind of thinking monthly episodes right now, so we're aiming for the first week of every month, and this is April's episode. Yay. Yay. Strunz was just telling me about how (laughs) in elementary school he dropped a big squash on the ground of his friend's house and then bounced. Just left. And he goes, why do elementary school kids think that's normal? And I said, I don't think they do. I think that's just I so. you. <laughs> I had a wonderful childhood. I don't know if any other elementary school child would drop squashes on their friend's floors and then run away. Yeah. The curious mind of a sixth grader just wanted to see if the squash could withstand the floor of the kitchen and the kitchen floor one. I didn't clean it up. I just left <laughs> without telling my friend. So I'm sure his parents came home and was just like, WTF, who did this? To this day, I have not told them that it was me. I don't even know what happened. So if. If that parent is listening out there, now they know. Yeah. I think they know who they are, too, if they are listening. (laughs) Probably not. But anyway, so that's some insight into Young Strons for you. We also wanted to just quick mention, if you haven't been following along with our Instagram or if you missed it, we're pregnant. What? (laughs) Okay. With a baby? Yep. Nice. (laughs) I knew that. So we're letting you know because it's a thing that's happening in our relationship and also because we talked to our guests a little bit about pregnancy and that whole thing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're kind of like not talking a lot about it on the podcast or our Instagram or anything because we're figuring it out. We're not experts by any means <laughs> at relationships throughout pregnancy. We are in the learning process and so we'll probably down the road share some of our experiences and what we learned yeah um but baby will come in june and that'll be a whole new thing excited (laughs) there's that we sound we sound so excited (laughs) we are very grateful very excited it's also kind of hard being pregnant and um we're a little bit just don't know what to expect we're like in the process of buying all the things so yeah that's expensive (laughs) yeah we were shopping for a few clothes and we just didn't know how to gauge how big the baby will be how fast it'll grow so it just kind of overwhelmed me yeah we don't know how what we're doing so if you have any advice on do we just go straight to the like 12 month section and just I hope the baby is not 12 month size when it's born. That would uh, be bad. Yeah, that would. But if you have any advice on baby things we need or things to do or not do. We're all ears. We're all ears. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, but we'll figure it out together. So, yeah. anyway, that's a fun update about us. Baby's coming in a couple months. And let's talk about today's guests. Yeah. Okay, so today we're talking to Kobe and Kyle, and they are such joys <laughs> to be around. It was such a beautiful and wonderful episode. It was so fun. Um, Kobe, which at the beginning of the episode, I called her Kobe. I pronounced her name wrong. Kobe is a first-generation Ghanaian-American mother, wife, speaker, and award-winning licensed trauma therapist. She specializes in providing trauma therapy to people of faith. Though her husband, Kyle, spearheads mergers and acquisitions at a top financial advisory firm, they partner together to have candid conversations bridging the gap between faith and mental health. 
The Campbells are constantly looking for ways to lead in vulnerability and authenticity as they navigate the ups and downs of life. And man, they're so wonderful. We had so much fun talking to them and learned so much from them. And we also feel like kindred spirits because I'm a therapist and Strons is a business guy and they have that same dynamic going. And they have their own podcast, which we will include a link to in the show notes called Healing Circle Podcast, where like we said, they talk about faith and mental health and relationships and all the things. Um, So definitely check out their podcast as well. In today's episode, we talk about how they navigate their relationship, their growing family. They have two kids and they talk about that transition, um, challenges through pregnancy and the newborn stage that they went through together and how they navigated that. They talk about their faith. It's just like a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So... Enough of us. Let's get to Kobe and Kyle. Hello, hello. Tonight we are talking, chatting with Kobe and Kyle. Welcome, Kobe and Kyle, to the podcast. Hi, how are you guys? We're doing great. We're so excited to have you we here are, yeah. and to talk all about your relationship and all the wisdom you have to offer. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad you think no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. No. <laughs> um, so we like to start out with the question, what do you love most about your partner? An easy one. You go first? You go first. Okay. Um. This has actually changed throughout our relationship. There were things I loved about her in the beginning um, that I still love, but there were things I did not like about her in the beginning. And I'm like, and now I I really, really love her. So one of those things is um, Kobe doesn't really do surface much of anything. Like there's no questions. She doesn't do small talk. She doesn't like, you don't get to have a one word answer. It's always like, oh, like, what do you, I mean, but what does that mean? I'm like, well, it just means I don't like that. But why don't you like that? Because I don't like it. When when did you first realize you didn't like it? And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I used to hate that. And and now um, I look forward to it. I know more about myself because she wants to know more about me. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's a. It's a really wonderful trait that she has. Ooh, I yeah. like that. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I love how generous Kyle is. Like, Kyle is just like, like Oprah, you get a car, you get a car, generous. And I love that because I often feel like just a little bit like timid about like my desire to do things. I'll be like, oh man, what if you like, do this for this person. I'm like, is that weird? Is that weird? Like, is that like overstepping boundaries? And Kyle's like, no, let's do it. I already did it. <laughs> you know, like he just like is so generous, so quickly cares so much about people, and and I love that so much. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so the second question is, what is a funny or relatable argument? conflict you guys have worked through together i don't know how relatable it is i'm not even really sure how funny it is um <laughs> well actually you tell us okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i was itching to tell anyways so <laughs> we have a son and he really likes go-go squeezes which are like the little squeezable um apple sauces mm-hmm. and at the time i was very pregnant and with our second son and I, they were just one of the things I craved. Like a lot of things made me nauseous, didn't like the smell of them. And I would get more nauseous if I didn't eat. So I just grab a go-go squeeze and like eat it up and go about my business and do what I need to do. Right. And Kyle would always be like, babe, stop eating Levi's food. <laughs> and I'm like, haha, like that's like a cute, you know, little thing for you to say. And like, I remember him doing this over and over for like weeks. And then one day I like looked him in the eye and he was really upset. He was, he was like, this is not your food. This is for our son. We bought this food for our son 
stop eating his food. Yeah, and we're running out of go-go squeezes. The boy wants a pouch. We can't find any. She's got wrappers like hidden underneath <laughs> the bed. Like honestly, I used to like literally like, on them while I would like talk to my clients. It was bad. Um, but I, I like the first thing I was like, why, why do you not like me eating these go-go squeezes? Like, what's wrong? Like, I don't see the issue. It's our money buying them. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> and he was telling me about how it like connected to like his childhood. And I want you to tell this part because I, I want to make sure I don't miss, mix it, mix it up or like mess up any part of it. Um, yeah. So little did I know at the time I was being like, we call triggered. Yeah. Okay. See, um, I was being triggered unknowingly uh, because my parents were great, but my dad, there was no such thing as like a boundary for him. So growing up, like if you had like leftovers, you could write your name on it. You could you could try and hide it. My dad would like sniff it out, and it was gone. Like you could be thinking about you'd be at school all day, like oh when I get home. I can't wait. I'm going to heat it up. I'm going to put it in the microwave for 38 seconds. Not 37, not 39, 38. <laughs> and then you'd go and it would be gone. And he would just be sitting there, crumbs on his shirt or whatever. Like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> if it's in the fridge, it's mine type thing. And it made me, it just reminded me of a time in my life where, like, I was clearly, not in a super negative way, but I was clearly, like, a second-class citizen in that way. Like it was, it reminded me of a time when I was kind of small and not defenseless. It wasn't like he was beating me up and taking my candy or anything, but it just made me feel like disrespected. And so I'm big on like, mm-hmm. I will not eat your food um, unless you tell me I can. And then I, you know, then I will. But like the idea that like Levi really likes those pouches and she was eating them, and then he wouldn't have them. And it's like, how is he supposed to defend himself? Someone's got to stand up for our two-year-old. Mm. He really likes pouches. Yes. And you're, like, being a bully. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'll fight you over these pouches. A go-go squeeze bully. We had a go-go squeeze bully. And <laughs> it was funny. And I, I think that it's, like, to us, we think it's relatable because for so many of us, like, we – Mm-hmm. They're like these really mundane everyday situations that like really annoy us and we don't understand why. And if we don't ask the right questions, we don't realize that it's attached to something that like affects how we show up in the world. You know, like for Kyle, it was just like, dang, dad, that was my steak. <laughs> you know, like don't eat it. That was my yeah. food. And so for him, it was like, you know, I want our kid to feel respected by us. And I want our kid to feel like, if we give him something that we're not just going to like yank it away or pretend like it's not something he cares about just because he's a kid, you know? So um, I love that story because I was like, Kyle, it's, it's applesauce and I'm pregnant. You did this to me. Can I please eat applesauce with me? <laughs> what can you do to a pregnant person that won't like hurt them? It was, um, but then she had to be like, you're really mad. I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I'm upset. She's like, can you define what upset means? I'm like, well, it's different than that. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. Sorry, I cut you off. I love that. Tell me, Kobe, when you heard that and you kind of made that connections and Kyle let you into that space, what, change for you or what happened for you understanding that a little better Mm, that's a good question I feel like it helps me understand what he values like yeah because it it's something that's not just a value for like him as a father but like it's a universal value that Mm. he wants to protect not just for you know everybody but for our child as well and so for me it was like oh I can adjust to that I'll just buy Mm -hmm. two packs and we'll put my name on one of them and then they're mine now, (laughs) you know, and I'll just eat those ones. But um, (laughs) it helps me understand that like he really cares about people and he really cares about what's theirs. And it's almost like he felt like like, once something belongs to someone that it's sacred and like if you 
impede on their ability to have that thing or to enjoy that thing like that's worth defending and I actually found that like very admirable and I was just like oh like you really want to treat our child like a person because he is a person right and we believe that but it was really cool to see him defend Levi in that way and I'm excited for him to pass on that that thought and that perspective and it also helped me realize that like sometimes when he's upset it has nothing to do with me I was just like, oh, this, yeah, is, this has nothing to do with me personally. <laughs> like, yes, I am recipient of, like, you know, the tood, but at the same time, you're not actually mad at me. You're upset that the situation is happening because you know what it's like to be the person on the other end. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kyle, for you, was was this, like, something that, like, you you realized and, like, you immediately you know, told Kobe about this or did it kind of like take some, some time for you to like put it together, put it together. Um, I would love to say that I immediately kind of knew what was going on. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> she like kept laughing and I was like, not funny. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's funny. And yeah. she was like, mm-hmm. really Kyle? And she like, didn't re- recognize that I actually didn't think it was funny. I was like cackling. And then she was like, wait, like you're really upset. I'm like, yeah, I'm really upset. And she's like, why? I'm like, because it's his. And she was like, but like, you don't get angry about much of anything. Isn't this a weird thing for you to be angry about or upset about? And I was like, I I guess it kind of is. And she's like, why do you think you're this upset? Like, it's just a go-go squeeze or it's just a fruit snack or whatever, whatever snack it was. And it just prompted me to start kind of investigating, like, well, I, I really don't know why I feel that way. And then, um, she was like, well, did someone make you feel that, that way? Like, like, wh- who are you defending here? Wait, I said, who, I said, who mm. ate your food as a child? She said, yeah, who ate your food? And she was joking. She was like, <laughs> like, as in like, who, you know, who ding, did ding, that ding. to you? Therapist brain right there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. being married to a therapist is the worst. Thing. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the perks of of being married to a therapist is <laughs> they ask the right questions. There's lots of hard conversations. <laughs> lots of hard conversations. Sorry, Kyle, I cut you off. No, 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 no. You're you're right. So I didn't recognize that I even really felt that way. And then, of course, um, once I told her, I was like, "Oh, Robert, like." Robert Lamoris Campbell, you know who you are. If you listen to the podcast, I'm calling you out. Okay? <laughs> you have you have a problem. You need help. Okay. Um, and and when I said that, like Kobe immediately was like, "Oh yeah, your dad does eat everyone's food." <laughs> like if you're sitting at a dinner table with him at a restaurant, and he's kind of like, "Oh, what's that?" And, and so she, oh, I she she kind of got it once I said it, and then it was like, oh, I didn't even know I really felt that yeah. way. But yeah, let's not do that because um, I didn't like that when it was done. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love yeah. It. I one I love lots of things about this, but one thing I love about it is Kobe. You you kind of recognize like something's off here, right? Like I'm kind of thinking this is light, but I'm, I know him well enough that I know something's really going on. And so you kind of pressed a little bit, but then oh. Kyle, you let her in. And like, like you said, you actually investigated it and kind of thought through it and like found something really important that helped Kobe really understand you. And then we could adjust in a way that like helped us both feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> Yeah, you should be a therapist or yeah, something. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, you got a <laughs> Tell me, so I know about triggers. Strong knows about triggers because he's married to me. You guys both know about triggers, but I bet a lot of our listeners don't, maybe aren't as familiar with that word. So you guys both mentioned that word triggers earlier. Can you tell us what that means to you and how you guys use that in your relationship? Yeah. Um, I would define a trigger as a present reminder of past trauma. Mm. And I like to tell people that it's not about being like 
reminded of the trauma like just cognitively with memories it's about biologically re-experiencing it even though it's not happening right so if, if Kyle triggers a moment where I was um felt hurt or abandoned by him it's not that I'm remembering that I felt abandoned by him it's that I'm re-experiencing biologically what it felt like to be abandoned in this moment because there's something about this present moment that reminded me of that moment. Mm-hmm. Really nice definition. Yeah. But even, that is a really good definition. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I I would say the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> exactly the way that she said it. Uh, I think she stole that from me, actually. But um, <laughs> no, I I think maybe with with less complete terms, I always think of it as um, it's it's kind of like an open wound, you know, or or a wound that like like okay, you were hurt. It's not the moment that you scraped your knee, but you know, like a week later, it still kind of hurts if someone touches it or you bang it up up against something. And for me, it's like mm-hmm. oh, like okay, you didn't maybe you didn't scrape my knee. Maybe I scrape my knee. Maybe someone else unrelated scrape my knee. But you're the table I banged it against, and now I'm I'm feeling this pain. Even if and it's hard to associate it in the correct place, right? So it's mm. it's pain that you're feeling, but not associated in a proper direction. Um, so I was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what my dad did, and it's like you might as well be a six foot two black bald guy. <laughs> You, yeah, like you look just like him in this moment, even though you're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that metaphor. Beautiful. Thank you for defining that. And I think that example with the go go squeeze is just a really good example of exactly where triggers can pop up and where it's so easy to miss them. Yeah. But you guys caught it and it really helped you guys connect in that moment. I'm just going to pause Strauss. He's about to write in my notebook that I don't want him writing it. So let me give him something else to write on. Is there not the notebook in here? That's is like that a my... therapist thing? Like, is it part of the schooling? It's like a, it's like a, almost like a textbook. Like, no. no. <laughs> this is not where you write your notes. Right. <laughs> okay, he has his paper. All right, sorry. We are good to go. Sorry about that. We're married to the same person. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So that was so lovely. I'm so obsessed with that example. I'm going to like think about the go-go squeezes argument every time I see those at the store. Um, Diving a little deeper, what is one of the most challenging experiences you have been through as a couple and how did you get through it together? I think that one of the most challenging experiences for us was the birth of our first son. That was a huge transition. Like, I mean, the birthing process was its own thing. But, like, coming home and no longer, like, for the first couple months being, like, husband and wife first, but being parents first, it was, like, disorienting. It was, like, we're running out of diapers. Are you gonna get them? Do I get them? Who's like having it it forced us to have these conversations that I think media and the world made us think we're just gonna be like super intuitive and we're just gonna happen. But like even down to like we've both been watching the baby all day, he's not sleeping, I fed him, you're working, who makes dinner? You know, we can't eat Chick-fil-A every single day. I mean we can, but we shouldn't, you know? And um I think it was really hard seeing both of us at a weak point and still having to demand more of each other. Like that was really hard to say. Like I see you're exhausted, but I still need more from you. And like from Mm -hmm. him, the same thing. So like I see you're exhausted, but I still need more. And like having to kind of like dig from this well of like I don't even know where we're coming from. I guess it's just God, but like. I have to be able mm-hmm. to be present because it's really easy to just have your life revolve around this little human you're taking care of. Mm-hmm. And it being mm-hmm. like, no, you're going to get up, Kobe, and you're going to take a shower, and you know, you're going to put on real clothes that don't have an elastic waist, and like, we're going to go <laughs> out and we're going to like endure mommy guilt together. And you know, it was just like, 
I think for us, one of those moments where it was like, oh, this is real. This is hard. And like this, we have to be for each other or else this is going to be Yeah, I, I think it, um, I knew that I was not a perfect person. Um, I'd had enough people tell me what they thought about me in life where I was pretty sure I wasn't a perfect Um, but I didn't recognize how selfish I was just as a human being. Um, and not even in a particularly negative way, but just a, a state-based effect of like, I think about myself first, then I think about my wife. Um, and then I think about the world. And then this baby came in and it was like, Okay, he he's first. Um, my wife is still second, and now it's like, oh, dang, I'm really I'm really at the bottom of this totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and and having to like wrestle with that, um, and and push push through that because there's really nothing you can do but just acknowledge like, okay, he needs me, she needs me, I will need me at some point, but right now it's kind of like this is what needs to happen. Yeah. And it was it was harder for me than I thought. Um, and I think I idolized uh, being a good dad because I had such a great dad. And I was really ashamed when I felt like I wasn't. I, I felt like because it was hard, that meant like I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I expected it to be easier. Honestly, I, I thought like if I were a good enough person, it would just all be easier. And so it's like, dang, like, okay, I really got to work at this. I thought I would this would be more natural. I thought I would be able to do things right. Yeah. And I, it was, it was a rough kind of transition to get okay with like my humanity, I guess. <laughs> I wasn't used to failing at things until, <laughs> until, yeah, until marriage and then also like our first kid. Yeah. It, and I think one thing that really stuck out was letting each other make mistakes. Like letting each other learn and understanding that mistakes were a part of that process. Because I didn't realize how like utterly lacking in grace I was until for me it mattered more that it was done than it did that he got a chance to learn. Right? Like I would be like exhausted, like milk all over me, crusty ain't brush my teeth. And I'd be like, I'll just do it because you're gonna mess this up and my baby, you know, like it was just like this incessant need for like control and it it just showed I feel like when you're that physically exhausted for that long like all the filters that you use to talk to your spouse just like disintegrate and it's like if you're an a-hole it is going to come out you know like if you are super sweet it's going to come out if you're super anxious it's going to come out and for me I just had to face the fact that like I'm super anxious and sometimes I can be really mean and really controlling and I have to be able to stop in those moments and say, I'm being really mean, I'm really sorry. You change the diaper. <laughs> you know? Um, it was a hard season. It was a hard season. The second one was a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you, you had the playbook. Of it, yeah. Honestly, though. Honestly. Yeah, I mean... you guys are touching on so many hard pieces difficult pieces and how almost like you guys are going through the same thing but through our different lenses it was really different struggles and different challenges and um like one thing I'm hearing from both of you is like just that constant effort and kind of just survival mode but keeping each other as like a priority keeping baby as priority and just like put like I just hear even though we were exhausted even though we were doubting ourselves and feeling anxious and all these things we were still like kind of had a unified goal did it feel like that that's kind of yeah yeah we got there it didn't start there (laughs) sure sure yeah we didn't agree on how to get there right right yeah so tell me tell us a little bit more about like that path of how we kind of got more on the same page or 
found each other in the exhaustion and all the all the mess of new baby time. Um, yeah, I can I can say pretty briefly. Uh, for me, just active, consistent repentance. Um, a whole lot of wonderful men in my life were faithful enough to kind of like when I was trying to vent, they'd be like, okay, like you got 10 minutes, vent. And now like lead your wife in humility, you know, like all the stuff about leading your wife, you got to lead, whatever, like you can do that, but like lead in saying, sorry, lead in taking the out, lead in humility, like serve your wife, out serve your wife. Um, and, and whether you feel like you're going to get that back or not, like that's, that's on, that's on a you thing. That's on her. So it's on you to like humble yourself and, and be everything that you feel like you can be. And it's on her to either receive it or not, but like your responsibility is to say. And so I had a lot of really good advice to kind of like keep me out of the pity party and focused on like, okay, we're going to get through this. You never feel like you're going to get through it when you're in the middle of it, but we are. And when you get to the other side, you want to be proud of the way that you got there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of just repentance and like, being like, you know what? I'm sorry for saying that. I'm sorry for doing that. Let me reorient my heart posture towards you. We're on the same side, whether it feels like it or not, and we're, we're going to get through it. Yeah, I, I feel like I just never experienced anything where I had so little control over my own body, over my own, like, everything. It was like, it felt like someone put me on a merry-go-round, and, like, at first it's like, oh, this is, like, fun. And then it never stops for nine months, and you're like, get me off. <laughs> like, you wake up every morning, like, I'm still spinning. Stop it now. And it was, it was just so utterly vulnerable. I just couldn't. It, it was it was so hard for me to like compute that I would have to keep doing this for months. Like that was like hard. Like in both pregnancies, it was just like first it was cute and exciting, but then it was just like <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Like morning sickness that lasts mm. all evening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it was. And I, I said it to my clients, but I had to realize it for myself. They're like, pain and exhaustion are disorienting. And like, I did not know which direction was up, which direction was down. I didn't know if I was, what, like, I would be angry at Kyle, but I didn't even know why I was angry. There's a reason to be angry. And so for me, like, I did my therapy. Like, I went to therapy and it was really helpful to see, like, just how much the physical everyday change of pregnancy affected me and how I thought it was like Kyle magically like turned into a different human. But the issue was like, I was every day turning into a different human. And that was so, it was so uncomfortable to feel like I was catching up with who I was. Like, am I going to like this today? I don't know. Am I going to throw up today? I don't know. Am I going to incessantly burp in my sleep? I don't know. You know, and it like, felt like no matter what, it was it was an odd symptom I had, <laughs> but like, it, it just it kind of felt like, like what is happening? And so going to therapy just gave me this, like the validation I felt like I needed from somewhere. I couldn't get from power because I just could not identify, you know? And so going to therapy for me and having a therapist who was like, here are the things you're experiencing. Here are like the hormones that are changing. Here's how it affects your mental and emotional health. Here are the things that can make you irritable. Here are the things you can do. That for me, like getting like a anchor, a sense of like grounding in the storm of pregnancy for me was like, oh, okay, Kyle is not the devil. He's not the devil. You're not the devil. You know, like you, you, you're for me. You're for me. Wow, you really are for me. Like you're not trying to piss me off. You're not trying to piss me off. You're not trying to piss me off. Wow, and it like. <laughs> Every day felt like a revelation that like he was also thrown into this whirlwind with me because like as much as I was foreign to myself, I was also becoming very foreign to him in many ways. So it was good for me to have another person voice ear that was not him who impregnated me. Telling me, you know, that I was there. 
that telling you that things <laughs> were changing and that it was scary and, and that it was okay and having a face to cross and stuff. That was really good. Super beautiful from both of you guys. Yeah. One thing, I feel like I'm doing lots of talking. Jump in if you have thoughts to share. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I just think is interesting about both of those is they're both impacted our relationship and impacted the way we viewed each other and all of that, but you also got support elsewhere, right? We were going yeah. through this hard time, pregnancy and newborn, and and we didn't only depend on each other. We got support from these men in my life that I respect, and we got support from therapy, and that really, yeah. it sounds like, strengthened you guys as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Um, how do you stay close and connected? I feel like I just talk to you talk. There's a show called The Resident. <gasps> we, we love, love the, the Resident. Conrad <laughs> <Yes. Donald> Hawkins. Yes. <laughs> 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 I love Bush. AJ. AJ. The Raptor. The Raptor. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love him. Yeah. Yes. Josh Dane is real to me. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Dr. Kane. <laughs> You guys, if you haven't seen the show, Just go see it. Watch it. Yes. You're going to want to pick it up and snort it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, so, be, so that, that's been Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, I, you know, I think we, um, we ask each other a lot of questions. Um, we, we end up just having a lot of, like, deep conversations which is a little, was weird at first. Like, man, we're sure talking a lot. Like, that's weird. <laughs> but she doesn't do small talk. And I don't really do, I can do small talk. I have to do it for a living sometimes. But like, that's not really how I communicate. So we, have, I mean, I think we're curious about each other. We're still curious. Like, I'm still trying to figure her out uh, five years in. So yeah, um, I, I think that helps. Yeah. I, I think that we've made a really good habit out of asking each other random questions and randomly sharing things from our minds. Like, you know, I'll be like, you know what's weird, babe? <laughs> like, Mid- midnight, like 1.45 a.m. <laughs> you know what? Like, no, I don't know what. I was sleeping. <laughs> but I will say, any, like, I, what was one of the things I said? I talked about jellyfish. Like, jellyfish are alive. But we could see through them and they have no organs. Isn't that crazy? You know, and he's just like, sometimes he's like, yeah, thanks. Right? Literally, he's like, well, that's why. Thanks, babe. And, you know, and sometimes it's stuff that's like deeper. Like, man, if you could change one thing about your childhood, you know, and just asking just like the most random questions. And I feel like it's just become like a weird part of our like familial culture. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, if you had to give a one food, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Or if you could do one thing, you know, we're just asking each other these random questions and just like finding how like the most like mundane pedestrian questions turn into like heart open and bleeding, like deep heart work conversations <laughs> yeah. Yeah. over if you like crunchy peanut butter or not, you know? explain to my wife. Interstellar is a horror movie. And she like, yeah. you know, like stuff like that where She's like, oh, let's watch Interstellar. And I'm like, I got to go to sleep tonight. Like, why would I want to watch that? She's like, it's not, it's a thriller. It's not even like, it's just sci-fi. I was like, anything that I don't understand scares me. So, and then we end up having, you know, a conversation about like, why is that? Like, why do you think, like, the unknown actually scares me? And I spend a lot of time knowing things or trying to know things. So things like that are like, Like might as well be, Freddy Krueger. The fact that we're floating in space right now. God, don't get me started. <laughs> oh, man. And that's like a universe that we all know exists, but no one knows where it begins or where it ends. Trying to understand the upward lift on, like, a 747 jet and, and how it actually works. Oh, God. Okay, let's change the subject. It's too much. <laughs> I can't do it. No. Yeah, not only us, but also our listeners will be very appreciative of like some of these questions and examples that you've already provided. Yeah, good ones to try out. Yeah. 
<laughs> one, of, one of the weird ones we ask each other is like would you still love me if and then we get into like a really weird thing yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes it gets dark sometimes it gets dark sometimes it gets playful and we're just like what is what is happening why would you ask that yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get some water you want some water <laughs> <laughs> but yeah questions and just being curious i love that yeah yeah important <laughs> okay our last question what is each of your number one tip for making marriage work it may sound cliche like for me faith like my, my relationship with god is kind of I know there are other people that probably have something else, but like there are moments where I'm like, I, this woman is hard to love right now. And, and I, I really have to kind of go back to, okay, this is bigger than a moment. This is bigger than liking each other. Like there's, there's purpose to this. God wants to do something in me through her. Um, and maybe every point of tension in our relationship isn't a hurt problem. Maybe like God is trying to, to heal me. Um, and I don't think, I really don't think I could be married to anyone, much less like someone as challenging as her. If I didn't think that there was something greater than myself or my own happiness, even, yeah. you know, like not that we don't have happy moments, but like we're really clear like, oh no, our marriage is, is it's bigger than us. It's bigger than our kids. It's bigger than cohabitation. Like yeah. this is this is an avenue for us to love and be loved by God. So like it's you know we we kind of have that perspective and I don't know how people are married out, outside of it. I think it can be really, really difficult. So I don't know where you, if you don't have somewhere to go to um where you feel all of the things you're hoping your spouse will give you, if you don't have a place where you feel unconditionally loved and affirmed, I don't know how you kind of make it through all the lows, to be honest. So that's, yeah, that's kind of my piece. What about you, babe? Um, yeah. Beautiful. And I think going to individual therapy is like mm. clutch. <laughs> Best thing that ever happened to our marriage. Um, I think that it's really hard for any party in the marriage to share deeply and honestly when there is a cost to them sharing, right? Like there's times where I was like, Kyle, like be honest and vulnerable. Like I'm here for just, uh, I do this for a living. Just, you know, just open up and answer my deep questions. But he would answer honestly and his honest answer would hurt my feelings. And so it became this negative feedback loop of like, she wants me to be honest, but if I'm honest, my honesty is going to hurt her feelings. So she doesn't actually want me to be honest. She just wants me to share what she wants to hear. And it was all the things I felt like I needed to like fix in Kyle. And not that there was anything that really needed to be fixed. He was just his own individual who didn't, you know, acquiesce to everything I wanted him to do. But like all the things that really like, were hard for me to process and deal with in Kyle or areas of his life that I was like, man, I really just want to experience freedom and feeling in that area. Once he went to therapy, he got to experience that on his own at his own pace. And it didn't feel like I was trying to fix him. It felt like he got to heal. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we could have worked some of that stuff out in our marriage. But I think for him, and correct me if I'm wrong, it would have felt like Kobe only wants me to be better at this for her sake. Yeah. So that she can get more from me, so that she can feel more secure or more loved or whatever it is. But like when he went to therapy, it was just like it things weren't like fixed or healed in the order I wanted them to be, but like he just became like a happier person because I could tell that he could show up more presently in our relationship because he had someone else to process with. Um, we're both in therapy and and our like line is we don't ask each other about what we talked about here. That like we want to maintain that confidentiality. And if you want to share with me and process yeah. with me, 
we can do that, but I'm never going to ask you, like, so what did you do to talk about in therapy today? And I've found that, like, our love just feels more robust because uh, a lot of the issues we thought were marital issues were personal issues yeah. that showed up in our marriage. Yeah, I used to feel that um, Kavei did not care whether I felt, like, enslaved because that's part of my, my poor negative trauma. Like, I feel enslaved by the world and all these different ways. And I used to feel like she didn't care about that. She just cared that she was the one that got to hold the whip. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it, a lot of the ways that like she was trying to work out her own healing and our relationship, I just felt like, oh, you don't care about me. You just want to make sure that if anyone is like holding Kyle accountable, it's you that gets to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just mad that you're mad about the ways that you don't get to run my life. You don't care that I feel like my life is being run by all these forces and systems. You just want to make sure that you're the one that gets to like hold the, hold the, hold the keys to my freedom. Yeah. And she wasn't doing that intentionally. Yeah. And also I would have felt that way no matter what she did. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I felt that way. Um, and there were things that I could not address in our relationship until I was able to acknowledge the ways like I was just hurt. Yeah. But I was very adamant. Oh, like, I'm fine. I just, you know, why are you in therapy? Oh, my wife wants me to go. And it's like, and that turned into, you know, two years later, me and my therapist are besties. Um, <laughs> shout out to Dr. Todd. That's my dude. But, um, it, yeah, it, 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 it changed therapy and Jesus changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And our marriage. And our marriage. Yeah. We did both. That might be the episode title. It's a good combination. Therapy and Jesus changed my life. Yeah. It's a good title. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are just, oof, so much goodness you just packed into that. And so much vulnerability, which I think, like, I related to, like, a hundred different little things you just said. And I'm mm-hmm. sure Strons did, too. And um, we could probably talk about those pieces for another hour, but we won't today. But thank you so much for just being so open and like one thing I've learned from you both is there's just this clear like we both work really hard not only with each other but also on our own so that we can show up for each other and I think like I think it's striking me in a way because I work so much with couples and couples and couples and kind of think of my relationship with Strons that way of like it's us we have to do all this together and I think it's a really beautiful takeaway of We can have other things like our faith and our therapist and all these other things, these other people that support us, that strengthen us, even if it's not directly with us, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hitting me. Thanks so much for all your words and goodness. Do you have anything you want to wrap up with? Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Just drop the mic there. Okay. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you both so much for being so open and for everything you shared. Yeah. We'll talk soon. How wonderful are they? It was it was really good. They're so wonderful. Glad that we have similar TV show interests. We got a little sidetracked by TV, <laughs> but yeah, so good. So much wisdom dropped. Um, so we're just going to dive into the work. It's if you are new to the podcast, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. And what we do at the end of each episode is give you three work it takeaways that we want you to pause the episode right now, grab your partner, sit down and talk through each one of these workouts so that you can actually take what you're learning from these couples and apply it to your relationship and get real change. So let's get to the workouts. So you ready, babe? Let's work Work, it. All right, work it number one. Define triggers in your relationship and make sure you're both on the same page of what that means and how it applies to conflicts. 
So I thought this was so helpful when they defined triggers for us, and I loved both of their definitions. Kobe talked about it as a present reminder of past trauma. She said it's not about being reminded of the trauma cognitively or logically. It's about biologically re-experiencing it even when it's not happening. And so Kyle jumped in with this really great analogy of that open wound, and he talked about how it's this past hurt and the hurt's still there. And something else caused the hurt, but if he feels like he scraped it up against um, like a table and that table is Kobe, then he associates Kobe with that pain in that moment, even though the wound really came from something else. So they talked through that trigger with their go-go squeeze conflict. I loved that conflict example. And they traced back Kyle's reaction to a trigger that happened in his childhood where his dad would eat his food and that was distressing for him and how he therefore values not having his kids experience that. So I think they gave lots of really good examples and definitions there and talk about with your partner, um, maybe past triggers that have come up in conflict or just get ready to use that the next time you have an argument, look for what triggers might be going on. Work in number two, what are support and resources other than each other that you can lean on to strengthen yourselves as individuals and strengthen your relationship? So Kobe talked about going to therapy and Kyle talked about these men in his life he looks up to that help them through difficult times. So ask yourself, ask your partner, what are some outside support and resources that you can lean on other than each other? And work at number three, similar to number two, but we really wanted to emphasize this. We loved how they said Going to individual therapy is the best thing that ever happened in our marriage Um, because we talk lots about how couples therapy is so important and use it as a resource, Um, but we don't focus as much on individual therapy, which can also be so helpful for us as individuals and the relationship. And Strons and I have have a couples therapist, and we also have our own individual therapist that we'll meet with from time to time. So um, I really liked how Kobe talked about how it was really important when Kyle got his individual therapist so that he could have a space to fully explore all of his thoughts and feelings and be able to heal without worrying about how Kobe is hearing it. And then as he does that healing on his own, he could come back and show up as more whole for his partner. So talk about individual therapy. Is that something you guys have tried? Are you interested in trying it? Um and discuss that if that could be a good option to help support your relationship yeah shout out to my individual therapist you know who you are (laughs) hey (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we hope you love this episode as much as we did and stay tuned for next month's episode we already recorded it and it's fantastic um and maybe sometimes we'll have some surprise episodes in between um but yeah thanks for being here see you next time thank you if you like this episode we'd be super grateful if you would rate and review our podcast and don't forget to tell your friends it really does help other listeners find us and make sure to find us on instagram for more relationship tips at make marriage work thanks so much for listening see you next time